get back in the book of Revelation tonight, try to find our text in Revelation chapter number 14 tonight, and uh, we'll preach that. I've uh, got this, um, I'm thankful for this thought, and I really want to present it to you as the Lord's given it to me. So Revelation chapter number 14, I'm thankful for the help of other men um, throughout the book of Revelation. Listen, I'm telling you, I've read many books and many different things, and I'm thankful for the knowledge of other men throughout the book of Revelation. Um, it is a book that could be misunderstood, but it's a book that can be clearly understood as well if you'll spend time in it. And so Revelation chapter number 14, we preached last week on Revelation chapter number 14, verse 1 through 5, and um, that was on Wednesday night. And uh, as the 144,000 Jewish preachers got to uh, um, reach their celestial abode, and um, their final abode, and um, this evening as we move on, we see a little bit of a different perspective throughout the rest of this. So let's read verse 6. The Bible says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven, earth, and the seas, and fountains of the water. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That great city, behold, because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with a mixture into the cup of indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. The smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest nor day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whoever, whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. We see there very clearly, um, and, and I want you to notice something real quickly. Um, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city. Now every time the, the word Babylon, as far as I could find in the book of Revelation, is mentioned, it uses it, the great city. And so it's a Babylon, it's a great city, but man, it's going to be come down, it's going to come down fast. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Dear God, we love you. Thanks, Lord, for helping us and giving us the time to come to the house of God this morning. We ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to please help, give, um, give leadership, Lord, and help me to follow your will and your way and say your words. In Jesus' name, <coughs> amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the earth is about to be judged. In this text, the earth is about to be judged um, in a very serious manner and completely. But God in His mercy and grace gives the wicked the time, one more, gives the wicked one more chance, if you will. One more opportunity to repent of what they have, um, uh, what they have turned from. And used to, there were preachers on every corner, there were churches on every corner, there were preachers in many places. However, here, here there are no more preachers. The 144,000 have just been killed. And they're in heaven and they're in their abode for eternity. That's where they're going to abide. So the preachers of the earth have been killed. And that God had set forth and sealed with, their, with, with a seal, everlasting seal. He sealed them 
in chapter 7, and we understand that chapter number, you know, these verses, these chapters are just giving us a clear view of, of things that like, kind of similar to what we've already seen, just through a, a more clear view of it and a more detailed view. But we see here very clearly that this, all the preachers are gone, right? All the preachers are in heaven, right? And so, so God sends, in His mercy and in His grace, God sends three more preachers to this earth to preach the gospel. He sends three more preachers in this earth to preach three different messages to the whole earth about what was going to take place. And so I'm going to preach that thought tonight. I'm going to preach on three heavenly preachers, and I'm going to be done quickly. And so I want you to know um, that how each message, they brought their message, and let's look at what they had to say. I believe, number one, we can find in verse 6 and verse 7, where the Bible says, uh, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to Him. Uh, and for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship that made heaven uh, and earth and the sea and fountains of water. Uh, and so this first one, uh, this first angel preaches a message uh, of redemption. Uh, um, what, what, can you just think about it? Why? Wow. Uh, it's a wow moment, if you will. The God of all heaven, uh, um, the God of all earth, uh, the God of all the universe uh, loves men that much, uh, that much that He sends one more message uh, of repentance or of redemption. Uh, and what a God of grace that He is. Amen. Uh, um, what, what did this angel proclaim in his message? Uh, well, I would say firstly that this message uh, extends an offer to all men. Uh, it extends an offer to all men. Uh, um, the gospel has been preached uh, um, by the 144,000. They were rejected uh, um, by many. They were killed uh, and for their preaching. And the Lord has been merciful uh, in supplying a gospel witness throughout all the tribulation. He's been merciful. He's been gracious in that. Uh, and it was rejected. That's all it was. It was rejected the whole time. And we here we find uh, that God's grace uh, has been extended yet once again. Once again, God's grace has been extended. It says that having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell upon the earth. Excuse me for a moment. And I believe it's very, uh, very serious what is taking place here. Uh, um, but the preachers were killed, and and God sends an angel uh, to preach uh, the gospel to a lost and dying world. Yeah, amen. Yeah. amen. What a wonder that God loves man that much. Amen. What a wonder that God loves me that much. Have you heard uh, of uh, such grace anywhere else? Uh, uh, no. Here is a world that has denied God, uh, um, that has killed His servants, uh, that has consumed, uh, that are consumed with the wickedness of the Antichrist, uh, and yet God once again in His grace uh, uh, sends mercy uh, and sends grace uh, and sends a preacher. One more time He sends a preacher. Uh, and I'm telling you something, friend. Uh, what exactly? Exactly is he preaching though? 
What's he preaching? Now there are many different uh, preachers that believe that this message uh, is a different than the one that we have heard. And I am of the opinion that this is the same message that we do. Uh, and the same preaching that we do. The same gospel in which we preach. Uh, um, the Bible says in 1 uh, Corinthians in chapter number 15. Uh, um, the Bible says in, in verse number 1. Uh, Moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Which also ye have received and wherein you stand uh, by which also you're saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you uh, how uh, unless you have believed in vain uh, for I have delivered unto you first of all that which I also received uh, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures uh, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day uh, according to the scriptures uh, and I believe that they're preaching that uh, he said saying with a loud voice uh, fear God uh, and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment Judgment has come. Uh, hey, uh, I'm telling you, the cross pictures judgment. Uh, Christ pictures judgment. Uh, and Christ pictures glory as He's hanging on the cross. Uh, and I'm telling you, is what's happening uh, is this same gospel uh, is going to save those in the tribulation. The angel is preaching Jesus as the sacrifice of sin. Uh, he's preaching uh, um, dying, Jesus dying upon the cross uh, and coming alive to die no more. Uh, what a God of grace. Uh, what a God of grace to be able to give this one more time. Amen. He, he extends an offer. This message extends an offer. This message exhibits an opportunity. Now verse 7, the Bible said, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him. Made heaven, earth, and seas, and fountains of waters. Look at verse 6. It says, In the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, preach unto them to dwell on the earth. And so it tells us very clearly this exhibits an opportunity to everyone. Everyone. The wrath of God is about to be poured out upon sinful man. Uh, and this is their chance, right? I mean, thinking back, can you imagine the cries uh, as, as Noah's ark was being built uh, and as Noah preached the gospel and preached and preached and preached uh, for all those years he preached. Uh, and then uh, when the time came that the door was shut, God closed the door, sealed it up. And then, could you imagine... The cries of those when the water began to rise. When the waters began to rise and around the ark and the ark began to be lifted up off of the dry ground and God gave ample opportunities to those folk as Noah preached and preached for upwards of a hundred years to these folk and here they were preaching but the time had come that this would be their last time as Noah got up there and done it one more time and they still turned and rejected what the preacher had to say and then God closed the door and the water began to come down and the ark began to go up and man I could only imagine the scratches and the climbing that they did on that ark but it was too late they had given ample opportunity. Thank God for chance after chance, friend. Thank God for that. But right here, this is their chance to understand and accept the redemption of Jesus Christ. God gave them one more chance. God gave them one more time. 
we see this, this angel preaches the message of redemption. Secondly, we see the second angel, and there followed also another angel saying, Babylon is falling and is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And so we see this angel preaches a message of, of ruin. We find the second angel references um, Babylon, right? And we'll deal with it in greater detail when we get to the fact of 17 and 18, chapter 17 and 18. But Babylon isn't just a city. That's not all Babylon is. Babylon represents a political and a religious system. It's what Babylon represents. Babylon uh, represents the whole system. And Babylon will proclaim the doctrines of the Antichrist and live uh, by the doctrines of Antichrist. And this is a philosophy uh, um, that has deep, uh, long-standing roots is what it is. That's what the Babylon doctrine is. Uh, It has stood for a long time. uh, And it has been around for as long as man can think of uh, in his mortar mind. Uh, It's been... it's been all the way, you know where it started in Babel. Genesis chapter number 9. And I'm telling you something, it began with Nimrod, the Tower of Babel. And it began in that time, I can't see nothing out of my glasses, but it began in that time and they desired to reach heaven and unite the kingdoms there. Uh, uh, they, 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 they began to unite mankind in rebellion uh, in that time, and that's all that they wanted to do. And Babel gave birth to the Babylonian Empire. And in that time, that's what happened. And this philosophy remains today. It still stands today, uh, and, and, and it will get even worse during the time of tribulation. Uh, and I'm telling you something, God cannot overlook sin. Uh, God will not overlook sin, uh, and He will not turn a deaf ear to it. Uh, and He is here, and there they are in this day, and uh, this hour, and Babylon is intensifying, uh, and people are worshiping the Antichrist, uh, and they're killing the men of God. Uh, and there they are, and there's a day coming when the sin uh, of this world uh, will be exposed for every man to see. uh, And there they are and God sees it. uh, And God exposes it uh, and judges them. And He says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Babylon is fallen. Notice a few few things that I see here if you would. uh, I want you to notice number one uh, about Babylon is that Babylon tells us very clearly uh, it says that Babylon has dominion. It gives us the idea that Babylon has some type of dominion here. Uh, And I want you to notice in verse 8, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Uh, um, That great city, because she made all nations drink. Uh, She made uh, all nations drink. Uh, And so dominion, Babylon has dominion. Babylon has made all the nations uh, um, to commit great sin. Uh, And this is the seed of Antichrist's power. uh, And He will enforce universal control uh, upon this world and dominion uh, upon this world. And Babylon uh, is the center of the ungodly reign. uh, And she will spread her wicked doctrine uh, all around the world uh, in an effort to dominate uh, the world's philosophy uh, and Christianity. uh, And it will be wickedness and sin uh, and that she will hold tight to. And she makes... That's what the Bible says. Made all nations. 
Amen. We're, we're already seeing a, a, a visible shift toward the doctrines of Babylonianism. We're already seeing that in our day. Uh, um, the human humanistic doctrines uh, of our day uh, um, that see men as gods with the answers uh, of life. And the world isn't opposed to religion. Uh, in fact, it embraces religion. Uh, but what the world is opposed to uh, is Christianity uh, and the God of this King James Bible. Uh, but they don't care about religion. Uh, you can believe whatever you want to do uh, in however many gods you want to believe. In. Uh, but that is humanistic, humanistic at its best. Uh, and I'm telling you, uh, is that when you say Jesus, uh, um, they don't like it. But in this day, they're going to make them drink of the wrath. And I'm telling you something, they're going to make them drink of the wine of her fornication. Uh, and I'm telling you, that, that's Babylon's dominion. That's what they want to do. And then Babylon's not only dominion, but Babylon's depravity. And it tells us very clearly that they're making a drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Everybody in here agree that fornication would be considered a sin. And so the depravity, here we see Babylon uh, displayed as a seductive harlot uh, and she has enticed the people of the world uh, to intoxicate her uh, themselves with her wicked one uh, and with the wicked Antichrist. Uh, and they have become drunk uh, on her deception uh, and her derision uh, and all the things. Uh, that's what Babylonianism is. You can look all the way back in Daniel and find it there. They make people do things with dominion and then they deceive them in it. And it's nothing but pure depravity. They have been doing it since the beginning of time nearly. They have been doing it since directly after the flood of Noah and they have been doing it and all they want to do is be like God. That's all they want to do. The philosophy of self-indulgence will be promoted on an, on an crazy level. And I'm telling you something, men will turn away from the true uh, and the living God to serve the false God of the Babylonians uh, and the Antichrist. Uh, and Babylon will succeed in her deceptive uh, and seductive plan to lure men into worship the Antichrist. And that's what she's doing here. Babylon. Depravity. Babylon's descend says Babylon is fallen, is fallen. The sinful philosophy of Babylonianism will be accepted and promoted by the leaders of this world. It will. And this system of political and religious corruption uh, will enjoy a time of great prominence uh, and great dominion, but it will not last forever. The angel cried, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Uh, and this speaks of an absolute fall uh, of this evil world system. Uh, and men will enjoy the pleasures of their sin, uh, but only for a season. Uh, but God will have the final word of it uh, all, friend. And they may feel as if they have succeeded uh, in this and that and some satanic plot. But God will judge them for their sin. God will succeed. He will supersede them all. 
Amen. Sin must be judged, and Babylon will be no exception to that. I'm thankful that my sin was judged at Calvary. Amen. Amen. God will one day put an end to all the heresy and all the false doctrines of this world. And when He begins to pour out His wrath as Babylon falls, it will be too late, too late to repent of their sin. And men will be left to face the righteous judgment of a just God. Amen. And I thank God. I feel good in here tonight. Amen. I got sweat rolling down in my boots. Amen. That's good. Uh, I'm telling you, men, this one first preacher, this first preacher that God sends preaches a message of redemption. Uh, one more time. Uh, get right. Uh, get right. Do it now. Uh, and then the next one preaches of their ruin. Then the last one preaches of their responsibility. As he comes in in verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out uh, without a mixture into the cup of his indignation. And uh, I'll, read, I'll stop reading there and we'll get to the rest of it. So the first angel came with a redemption. The second angel spoke of ruin. Uh, what's going to take place as Babylon is fallen? Uh, and then this one comes in and speaks of responsibility. You said, preacher, responsibility? They didn't say anything about responsibility. Well, listen to me, because now they are responsible for all they have done. They have denied God of Israel. They've denied the God of the Bible. And they are held responsible for what they had to do. They have been told straight on by the angel of redemption. He says, hey, hey, don't take that. Don't take that. You're going to die if you take that. Do not put that on you. Do not take that in your right hand or in your forehead. Don't do it because if you do, you'll die the angel of redemption spoke it uh, but maybe they heard that but then I'm telling you because they didn't hear it and receive it and heed it they God had done everything that he needed to do and more to save their souls but they chose the other way Frank Sinatra sung a song it's in one of the children's movies, which I don't have too much fond of. What is the name of that movie? Somebody help me. Um, those big animals singing on the stage. Sing. Is that the name of it? One of them fat hippos or elephants sing this song. I did it my way. Maybe it was the mouse. Sung, I did it my way. Frank Sinatra sung that song. And that's nothing but a pure blasphemy to God. Because we don't do things our way. But I tell you the truth is, is that we do have a responsibility to make a decision on what we're going to do with what God has already done. Amen there? We're going to have to make a responsibility, a choice of what we're going to do with what He did. He died on the cross at Calvary, and we must make the choice of what we want to do with it. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, that's what these people come down to. They've heard the redemption. They've heard what is coming. And they chose to deny it. And here they are. They had the warning, and now they're just going to be 
doing nothing but for alliteration's sake, wailing. That's all they're going to be doing. I want you to notice the people of this judgment. In verse 9 and verse 10, the Bible says as we've read it, and receive, uh, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hands, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Now you tell me who the people are. Whoever. You see what happened there? It's been throughout all of eternity that whosoever believeth on me shall have everlasting life. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But now... It's whosoever shall take the mark is doomed, damned for all of eternity. And I'm telling you something here. It's a responsibility of man. The wrath of God will be poured out upon those who have chosen to receive the mark of the beast and follow him. They have denied worshiping the Lord. They've denied following him. And they have chosen rather to follow Satan and the Antichrist and all of his wicked, sinful, fleshly ways rather than serve the God of the Bible. And this will be a terrible time for the, those who have been marked by the beast. It will be a terrible time. They have made their choice and that choice will bring about the judgment of God on their life. And friend, I'm telling you, once they've made the decision to receive the mark, they have made their choice and they are destined to stand before God at judgment and they will not go have one more choice to go to heaven. You're saying you've limited, you're limiting God, no, pre, no preacher. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm telling exactly what the Bible says. If they've received the mark, they will not have one more chance. I don't care if it's your kid or my kid. They, if they receive the mark, they will not have one more chance to be saved. And by, by using the term I don't care is far from the truth. Because I care more than anybody you ever know. Not just, I'm, I'm, not, 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 I'm not saying I care more than you. But I'm telling you, we must train our children up uh, that they're not of this people. Because they have the chance to be. They do. And I'm telling you something, the people of this judgment is whosoever receives the mark. They will be judged for all of eternity. Thank God for Calvary's cross taking the judgment for me. Amen. Thank you for Christ taking the judgment on my behalf. Amen. For becoming sin for me who knew no sin. So I could be made the righteousness of God in Him. It's something to shout about. Amen. Thank God that He did that for me. Amen. The people of this judgment. So I could be the other side of whosoever. Amen. Thank God. Amen. The people of this judgment. You know, I could be raised, I could have been raised uh, in a Mormon home. I could have been raised in a Jehovah's Witness home. I could have been raised in a Catholic home, a Buddhist home, and so on and so on. But thank God I was raised in a Baptist home. Amen, right? Thank God that I got the chance to hear the gospel at a young age. Thank God that all of that happened because of how it did. God, I could not be in church at all this evening. But it was God and His mercy and His goodness that put me here. Thank God. Amen. Well, I worship Him tonight because I could be one of these whosoever. But thank God I'm on the other side of whosoever. I'm Amen. the other whosoever. 
Amen. The people of this judgment, the picture of this judgment, the Bible says the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Those who choose to drink of the wine of Babylon will be forced to drink of the wine of the wrath of God. And so that's what we're dealing with. And this word, uh, wine of the wrath of God, deals with an explosion of wrath, uh, a sudden outburst, a passionate uh, um, display of anger, uh, and God's wrath will be sure, uh, it will be sudden, uh, and it will be absolutely complete. I'm telling you, God's wrath will be poured out without mixture into a cup of His indignation. Uh, and the world has faced people and periods of judgment, uh, but this will be the undiluted uh, and pure judgment of God. Uh, the mercies of God will have been withdrawn uh, from every area of life, uh, and the earth will feel the full fury of a holy God. Uh, and who will judge sin as it is? Uh, Hebrews. Verse 10 and verse 31 says, It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. And they will find themselves in the torments of hell, surrounded by fire and brimstone in the presence of the Lamb of God. That don't make no sense. In the presence of the Lamb of God. Well, I believe the lost will be able to see the joys of heaven. Amen. You believe God's everywhere? I believe He is. And I believe they'll be able to see it. The joys of heaven. It says they're in the presence of the Lamb of God, but they're in the brimstone and fire. I mean, I don't know another way to explain that to you. I could be completely wrong, but I don't know another way to explain it. But they, I believe they could see the joys of heaven. They can see the mother and their children and the life that has been helped by God and saved by the grace of God. And they can see what they denied. What a terrible... They, they, they've, they had opportunities, but they squandered them. What a terrible position to be in a place of torments with Christ in view. Don't you think so? Amen. They'll be constantly reminded of the Savior. They'll be constantly reminded of the angel that come and said, Hey, you better not do that, friend. You better take of that. You better not take of that mark. You better get it right now. You better get saved. They'll have reminders of the preachers who said, Be saved. Turn to God now. They'll be reminded of those days in hell. They have received in heaven. They have rejected. And what an awful picture that is. The picture. Judgment. Lastly, I want you to notice in verse 11, the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. They have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever received the mark of his name. I want you to notice the period of this judgment. It's forever and ever. Once these have been judged, once these have been condemned to hell, there will be no climbing out the charred walls of the damned. There will be no climbing out of that. The suffering will endure for all of eternity. And there will be no rest day nor night. And just eternal suffering and pain and agony. And many today teach a doctrine of purgatory and all of that stuff where some people will, where everybody spends some part of their time 
time being judged for their sin uh, in a purgatory. Uh, oh, but thank God and the Lamb forevermore uh, that I won't have to go and be judged for my sins. Uh, but friend, I'm telling you that doctrine uh, of, the, of the purgatory is out of the pits of hell. Uh, um, some deny a literal, a literal flame uh, and the sufferings that do not end. Uh, but clearly the Bible teaches uh, a different doctrine. Because it says, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. You cannot get smoke from something that don't have fire. Amen. You can't. You can't do it. In Christ, they'll be without Christ. And they'll be eternally unending, unimaginable torment in the lake of fire forever and ever. A sad day. My family could be there. I don't want them to go. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to reach out to Him because this day is ahead of us. And what's going to happen is they are going to be there having rejected the One who loved them and died for them and took their payment. Lord, help. They'll know the good news in hell. Will they know it here? Thank God for His grace, but Lord, help those who do not accept Christ, who will not accept Christ. You all have family members. We all have family members that just won't turn. Just don't seem like they'll want to let go. But man, I'm telling you something. Hell is their home. And God extends another chance now. But then it will be too late. He says, for he saith, I've heard of thee in an accepted time, time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God for the grace of God, the one who took my wrath upon him, the one who took my debt, took my sin. Took it all upon him. We better bring them in now. The day is coming soon when God sends three heavenly preachers. And at that time, it'll be so hard to turn to God. The Spirit of God will not be indwelling. Everybody with me? The Spirit of God have left with the church. He's indwelling those who's preaching. And so there's going to be a Old Testament. Everybody with me there? In, out, in, out, in, out. But he'll be in those who he sealed. 144,000 are gone. Now the angels are coming to preach. There's three, three heavenly preachers. I don't know if you need to pray tonight of somebody that you're thinking on your mind that's lost. If you need to call out to God tonight, for whatever reason, you can do that. And, um, man, I'm thankful to be saved. I'm thankful that I have the opportunity in this life to tell my family and to tell others that Jesus died for them and loves them. But one day there'll be a time 
when we will not have that opportunity. Do you need to come pray tonight? Would stand to your feet. If you need to come pray, I'm going to pray right here. Dear God in heaven, I do love you. And ask you, dear God, to please be with each individual that's here tonight. Lord, I pray, dear God, in the name of Jesus, that you'd be with each of uh, Lord, you'd be with my family and Lord, those who are lost and Lord, headed to hell. I pray, God, that you would just help me, Lord, to be a, a better witness and help these folks to be a better witness of you, Lord, in this day and this hour, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd do a work that only you can do. Lord, that we'll thank you for all that you do. We'll bless your holy name, God, for being so faithful. Lord, thank you for your salvation. Lord, I pray, God, that you would work in lives, Lord, and help us. Lord, because I know there'll come a day, just as we saw here, where you'll send three heavenly preachers, Lord, and they will proclaim the gospel. Lord, help us tonight. We love you.